We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool. Only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, October 29th, 2015. Clay Link here alongside Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at Jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. This podcast is available for subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, so please give us a uh, a review subscription if you get time. Jake, week eight buys for our listeners Bills, Jaguars, Eagles, and Redskins. 
I, I know I have a lot of Jaguars and a couple Bills. So, you know, and I lost Arian Foster in several leagues, so I'm kind of scrambling a bit. How are you coping with buys this week? Yeah, it's a tough bye week for running backs, as I was saying kind of a little bit earlier. Last week seemed to be the quarterback bye week, whereas this week, anyone with LaShawn McCoy, TJ Yeldon, who's been performing well lately, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, that whole Philly backfield. And of course, if you're like me and dealing with the Matt Jones, Alfred Morris mess in a few leagues, you've got that to deal with. I do have one league where TJ Yeldon and Matt Jones are on bye, but uh, fortunately, it flips with the last two running backs I had. Uh, Last week on by with Eddie Lacy and Ronnie Hillman, I'm going to use. So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and put Lacy back in the lineup, and uh, yeah, Ronnie Hillman as well. And I'm hoping for the best there. I really don't like starting two running backs in the same game because it limits your upside a little bit. But I, I'm out. Of, frankly, I'm out of options this week. Yeah, and I, I mentioned I have Bills and Jaguars. Also, I have quite a few Eagles, but not really expecting the bye week to cure all all their woes, particularly for Sam Bradford. I mean, the guy, I, I would say it's more than acceptable to drop him at this point if you're in desperate need for uh, to pick up a player for buys. He just, as good as he was in the preseason, absolutely abysmal so far through the first seven weeks and uh, throwing more more picks than touchdowns. I just don't see him turning it around. Hopefully they, uh, the, the ground game has shown some improvement in Philadelphia. Hopefully they're able to maintain uh, those improvements and uh, with the running backs on by this week though and, and losing Foster did pick up Antonio Andrews don't feel great about it but at least he's heading that committee maybe David Cobb takes over uh, as soon as next week but for now just a guy you pick up plug in and, and cross your fingers hope for the best yeah Cobb's a little bit iffy this week the top waiver wire guys uh, from our show on Tuesday are going to be Darren McFadden of course and Alfred Blue who's going to step right in and replace Arian Foster there uh, Kyrie Robinson also has a decent matchup this week if you're really looking for a stretch at least a, a running back that can fill a spot and get you maybe six eight points you know not the highest expectations there because mark ingram's going to dominate those carries and of course you've got cj spiller there as a passing situation back yeah well let's jump right into the week eight slate starting with tonight's game which i think is pretty interesting uh, just given how well miami has played since that coaching change they are at new england patriots nine and a half point favorites at home over under 50 and a half of course new england always takes away a, a team's best best option offensively who do you think they kind of focus on and, and eliminate here? Is it is it clearly Lamar Miller? I mean, after last week, you'd, you'd have to think it's Lamar Miller, but I, I think if uh, they do devote too much time for, to, to that, Jarvis Landry could be up for a big game mm-hmm. because they get him going on the end-around games and uh, in, in the short passes, and of course he's a factor in the return game. So I'm, I feel pretty safe about playing Jarvis Landry tonight there, uh, but, but, but you're right, there is the risk that they kind of try to take that away from him. Mm-hmm. And, and after Lamar Miller's huge week last week, it's tough to sit him, even with the short week and the tough matchup it's but you can't sit a guy like Lamar Miller after that week yeah especially because the volume was so sky high and Mm -hmm. before the coaching change before Philbin was bounced he was seeing like 11 touches per game it was hard to fathom just given how great he looked Mm -hmm. with it that you're starting Landry for sure Richard Matthews too I think could be a, a kind of a sneaky play in this one now on the New England side sounds like Dion Lewis has a good chance to suit up tonight. Nothing for sure, of course, but uh, I think a report from Ian Rappaport suggested he is in line to suit up. What do you think about him and Legarrette Blunt in this one? I, I don't love either, especially given the size of the Dolphins up front and the, on their defensive line. But uh, I think Lewis. It's a solid play, and Blunt's kind of a low-end flex. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say so. The Dolphins are right in the middle of the pack uh, as far as fantasy points allowed to running backs, giving up 17.5 a game in standard scoring. Mm -hmm. So 
the matchup is not the greatest. It's also not the worst. But, I mean, it's really tough to rely on Lewis coming off of injuries. It's tough to think of what you're going to get out of James White. Of course, a lot of touches last week, but they hardly handed handed the ball off Mm -hmm. last week against the Jets there. Uh, You know, LeGarrette Blunt. I think I would agree with you. Maybe a low-end flex there, but he's just risky. This whole Belichick scheme, it's been going on for years. It's always a a back-by-committee approach, and and it makes it tough to rely on any of these guys. If you are doing a daily lineup on DraftKings that includes Thursday's game, I think it's probably best to avoid that backfield altogether. But, you know, if you're in your season-long formats and and you're holding on to one of these guys, especially with all the running backs on back this or on on by this week, uh, there's there are going to be situations where you play these guys. Yeah. And don't forget the whites in the mix as well. But with Blunt, you know, coming off that performance last week where he had, you know, I think negative point four points or something very hard to trust. But he is kind of a threat to put up 20 at any given week so i think you just kind of got to wipe the slate clean if you have to go with him you can but i'm with you none of these backs i particularly love this week what about a wide receiver for new england uh danny amendola really nice week last week but that was with uh you know a lot of the the defensive attention being going elsewhere so i think this week he may be kind of quiet but at the same time uh, with all the drops they had last week, he was really their most sure-handed receiver. So I think he remains somewhat involved, maybe pushes eight targets. What would you say if you set the over-under? Which way would you take there? Uh, you know, I'd say they're going to look his way. If you put the over-under at about seven and a half, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of jump off your eight, uh, I think he'll get enough touches there. Brandon LaFell didn't quite look like himself just yet. I think LaFell will sh- slowly but surely kind of raise his way up in that offense. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Gronk, going to get more targets than anyone else there and and then Edelman's got to be next unless they completely go ahead and try to take that away so uh, I mean I mean overall I think Amendola is a good play if you're in a real tight spot but I'm not really going out of my way to start him over one of my established guys yeah so uh, I'll throw this either or up there for you decision I have to make this week Danny Amendola or the Browns Travis Benjamin going up against Arizona I actually like uh, the Browns Travis Benjamin despite the fact that he'll get uh, you know maybe a lot of Patrick Peterson I think he's the top target in that offense especially now now of course Josh McCown's going to try to play and if he doesn't I think Manziel might even be a little bit better for the deep ball guys and that's what Benjamin is yeah and also you got to keep in mind that um, Andrew Hawk who's I believe second or tied for first uh, in snap counts played hmm. for Browns wide receivers he's going through concussion protocol this week so they're going to be one le- one extra target down there so I, I think if I had to make that decision I, I would lean towards Benjamin but they're a little bit closer this is kind of just my inclination from watching mm-hmm. the Browns a little bit closely to see uh, you know Benjamin didn't have the greatest outing for last week I think they might try to get him involved again because that's been one of the few ways that offense can score points are, are deep balls and big plays uh, yeah. Off the, you know, from Travis Benjamin. Yeah, Gary Barnage really has kind of emerged as their go-to option in the passing game. But Benjamin's still seeing a high number of looks. And yeah, as you mentioned, when when Johnny was under center earlier this season, throwing it deep to, to Benjamin quite a bit. I I was leaning Amendola, but it's kind of a toss-up. May end up starting both if uh, James Stark sits, which is looking increasingly likely. But we'll move on here. Lions at Chiefs. Chiefs five and a half point favorites at home over under 45 and a half uh, this is the early game in london 9 30 uh 
p.m. Eastern time, so be sure to set your lineups early. Anybody in this matchup that you particularly like? I'm, I'm starting Jeremy Macklin with him expected back, but that's about the only option I feel good about in this game. Yeah, I'm going for Macklin for sure, and uh, I know everyone that emptied their entire budgets on Chuck Hendrick West two weeks ago finally got some returns there. I think with the with the running back bye week situation we have this week, there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of people that are starting Chuck Hendrick West. Of course, the Lions, uh, I mean, you're going to go ahead and, and start Calvin Johnson. I've been having a tougher and tougher time each week starting Golden Tate, but I think I have to flex him just because this Kansas City pass defense. I mean, got torched by Aaron Rodgers earlier in the season, but uh, I think they've been playing a little bit better, mm-hmm. kind of getting healthier, and they're not, and they're they're actually right in the middle of the pack. I mean, over, after the first couple weeks, the Chiefs were you know bottom third of the league, and they're creeping up on the top ten right now. So uh, a defense that's trending in the right direction there. But, I mean, overall, without Jamal Charles on this Chiefs team, that, that offense becomes quite a bit easier to defend. And I think the game might end up being a little bit closer than you think, yeah. despite all of Detroit's struggles this year. I think it's going to be somewhat low scoring, too, just given you know the travel mm-hmm. to, to London and the early start, uh, well, early by our on our time. But I just feel like these two teams are going to come out of the gate kind of sluggish. Yeah, West and Calvin definitely giving a start, but... Uh, this is one of the lowest under over unders of the week, and I uh, don't really see them topping this number. Yeah, I, I would have a tough time taking the over on mm-hmm. this one because, like you said, the travel, the jet lag, everything. But of course, last week we saw quite the shootout, but you know, with the Jags That's there. True. So uh, you know, I guess you never really know what, what can what what to expect from these types of London games. Yeah, well, this is increase uh, an increasingly big part of the game. More and more games being played over there, and uh, I I just don't love it. But at the same time, it's uh, kind of different. I know the NFL trying to expand, but uh, the quality of these games overall, I mean, you mentioned last week a lot of offense, but overall the quality of the games has not been particularly high. We'll move on to Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern starts, starting with Tampa Bay in, in Atlanta. Atlanta 7.5 point favorites at home, over under 48.5. Julio Jones, consistent, but still looking for that uh, – that big week since earlier in the year, he had that hamstring issue, of course. Are you expecting him to light up this Buccaneers defense? Yeah, Tampa Bay defense could hardly stop Kirk Cousins last week, so mm-hmm. that gives me little inclination to think that all of a sudden, you know, this figure to stop uh, a much higher-powered offense with the Atlanta Falcons there. I'm expecting big game out of Devonta Freeman uh, for the Falcons there. Uh, of course, he's one of the top-priced backs this week. We've got him uh, roto-wire uh, number two, I believe, on our value meter. Yep, right, sandwiched right in between Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley there. But of course, all your all your Falcons and e- even a lot of your Buccaneers. I'm starting out. I'm starting Doug Martin with a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Starting Mike Evans with quite a bit of confidence. And honestly, even thinking about Austin Safarian Jenkins because he's yeah, about due for a comeback. True. And a lot of people forgot about him since his big week one. He was one of the bigger week two waiver wire targets before he kind of went down with injury there. But I still have high hopes for the rest of the season mm-hmm. for uh, ASJ. And I think this. Game Game. We have the over/under at uh, forty-eight and a half. Last time we looked, I, I could see this one hitting the over, especially being played in a dome mm-hmm. there in Atlanta and two offenses that are going to be ready to to sling a little bit. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of buying into this Buccaneers passing attack. Mike Evans finally healthy, looking good, and Doug Martin running the ball really well. I know Vincent Jackson was pretty quiet last week, but I'm expecting bigger things from him in this one. And Jackson might be a little bit nicked is up. Is he banged I, up yeah, right now? a little bit. I think he's been yeah. limited in practice this week, and as I kind of look for it, uh, yeah, here he's... Uh, so, yeah, I think that's might have been why he was limited a little bit last week. And But, you know, if they can get him back going, I don't think it's locked just yet, but if they can get him ready to go, then 
when that offense is running on all cylinders and I mean don't forget about the dual dual back situation too mm-hmm. I think Charles or, or Char, excuse me Charles Sims uh, a very viable PPR option especially yeah. if they get behind to the Falcons in this high power offense and they have to you know use their third down back more often there so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of really juicy offensive players to target in this week and uh, James, yeah. James Winston too has been showing quite a bit of improvement in recent weeks I think I really liked uh, just him limiting the turnovers because that was a major issue early on in the season. I know some people are still on the Falcons' defense, though, mm-hmm. at home in this one. Uh, I have a choice to make between them and, and Denver. Denver's just been so good. The matchup, not as nearly as good, but I think I'm going to still roll Denver over Atlanta. Uh, uh, Denver against the, against the Packers, though? I, I don't know about that. I think but at uh, home, they're, yeah. they're such a good unit. Yeah, though. Denver at home, but I mean, I, even though Jameis Winston, I could see having maybe throwing a couple touchdown passes, mm-hmm. I could see him kind of falling into that Blake Bortles category where there's going to be maybe one or two interceptions to go with that. So I think uh, the Falcons are, are maybe a slightly better play than Denver just because of the high turnover probability. Mm-hmm. We all know how Aaron Rodgers is with his interceptions, but I don't know. That's That's just us. I guess we can agree to disagree. Yeah. And uh, I don't know for sure, but I think, well, I know DeMarcus Ware was banged up heading into the bye. His status, I think, is still kind of up in the air, so we'll see on that. Moving on, Arizona at Cleveland. Arizona four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road over under 46 here. This is a situation where, you know, for the Arizona receiving court, it looks like John Brown status very cloudy. Did not practice again today. Uh, we'll have to continue monitoring that, see the official designation on Friday, but definitely keep track of that. He's really kind of showing the form that everybody was expecting coming into the year, uh, putting up you know, a huge PPR days and finding the end zone. But I think you know, if he doesn't play in this one, Michael Floyd becomes a, a very appealing option, especially in daily. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You're going to want to watch those inactives uh, Sunday morning, about an hour and a half before kickoff there. And if... John Brown is ruled out. I think you got to go ahead and get Michael Floyd in as many lineups as possible. Thirty five hundred on DraftKings, so uh, just just dirt cheap for a player of that skill and caliber who's managed to find his way into the end zone a couple times recently. John Brown again. He didn't take part in practice Wednesday. We're still waiting on Thursday's practice report. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, so he was iffy leading up to Monday night, even with the extra rest. On a short week, I have you know, there's I think there's a little bit better of a chance that. Uh, that, that maybe they sit him out in an effort to just keep him healthy for the remainder of the year. Of course, the Cardinals a playoff team, whereas Michael Floyd, back-to-back weeks of 50 yards and a touchdown. So uh, mm-hmm. at least the uh, the floor there is a little bit higher than, than you would expect from Michael Floyd after the slow start. What about Chris Johnson? Really incredible. That play last week where he broke all those tackles, it was really just poor tackling on mm-hmm. Baltimore's part more than anything. But impressive what he's done at his age really uh, a big resurgence but are you expecting him to continue that momentum in this matchup I think it's the perfect week for him to continue that momentum I mean Cleveland during the offseason kind of overhauled a little bit some of their front seven at least when it comes to linemen uh, with the couple of rookies that they drafted and it hasn't worked out for him so far the Browns second most fantasy points allowed uh, to running backs per game and I very much think that's mm-hmm. going to continue this week so Chris Johnson of course the man in Arizona he's he's proven that to be the case but I think you could even get a viable uh, flex play out of a guy like Andre Ellington if he can get enough snaps so I was kind of playing behind even David Johnson last week though which I thought was 
Really strange. Yeah, really I strange mean, David see. Johnson seems his touches have just been so limited, and he's very touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. So I find that a little bit risky. But uh, you never know with Ellington. Maybe they try to get him involved a little bit more in the passing game. But regardless, uh, it's a good matchup for running backs across the board. I think Chris Johnson, although his price has been climbing in daily formats, I, I think he still might be undervalued considering the matchup this week. Now I know Todd Gurley's a totally different animal, but he torched the Browns for two touchdowns and over a hundred yards last mm-hmm. week again. And I mean, this is nothing new for opponents of the Cleveland Browns having a very difficult time stopping the run. On the other hand, Browns are looking more and more likely to get Joe Hayden back, so they might be a little bit tougher against the pass than they have been the last couple weeks. So, um, you know, maybe that'll make Arizona slightly more inclined to go with the run. I guess we'll have to see. That is interesting. And you mentioned we are still waiting on the official practice report for from Arizona. According to Darren Urban, though, John Brown was sidelined at the uh, during the media portion the portion of practice open to the media. So uh, keep an eye on that. I think he's a guy that, you know, especially during bye weeks, you definitely want out on the field if he's active, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that situation. Niners at Rams, Rams, nine and a half point favorites at home over under 39 and a half. So I believe this is the lowest over under the week, expecting a lot of Todd Gurley in this one. I think Nick Foles has passed for fewer than 200 yards. And I think it's six straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in a situation where in my two quarterback league, the, the Tyrod Taylor and Sam Bradford both on a bye, I might have to throw him in there, expecting him to maybe top 200 yards for the first time in, in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Uh, but even more than that, I, I think there's some matchups that I, I might go after. I take it Fitzpatrick's unavailable in your two quarterback league. Yeah. He was one of our, our waiver targets this, uh, this past week, just for folks looking for a streaming option. At the same time, even even Jameis. I mean, I, I might even throw yeah. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I mean, if Johnny if he Manziel gets the start, gets the start yeah. I think, uh, you know, when we get to Cleveland, or I guess we got to Cleveland, but uh, Patton, all indications that he will go with Josh McCown as long as he is physically capable. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, that just seems to be Patton's song, his, his tune That's all year. True, yeah. So uh, you have to wait and see. I think uh, McCown might have got some limited work in today. Those were early indications. Again, no official practice report came out yet, so I guess we'll see. Uh, it's really going to depend on tomorrow as far as the McCown-Manzel situation. But, yeah, uh, I mean, a flyer on Manzel, even in a tournament lineup, I think uh, I might like James Winston a little bit more if I'm looking for uh, you know kind of a high-risk, high-reward option in tournaments mm-hmm. this week. But in two quarterback leagues, Manzel's always got to be owned if he's going to start. This Rams defense has looked really good, especially at home. And Colin Kaepernick, uh, he's really struggling. There have been reports that he's uh, really kind of lost his confidence entirely, kind of losing confidence of his teammates as well. Anybody on this Niners team that you feel good about, even like Carlos Hyde, who's struggled to get it going on the ground in recent weeks? Well, I'm I'm not really that optimistic about Carlos Hyde this week or even for the next couple weeks. He didn't practice Wednesday, and uh, it was pretty much revealed recently that he's dealing with a stress fracture in his foot. And oh, yeah, uh, right. yeah, I can't believe that he's been able to play through that, which uh, is is a testament to his toughness now. But if the 49ers want to get him right and want to preserve him, I, I think that's this is almost the type of injury where you have to sit him down for a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. I don't I don't see anything official that makes me think that that is more likely to be the case than not. But I am watching Carlos Hyde's participation in practice both Thursday and Friday and checking it up on checking it up because if he sits for whatever reason I think Reggie Bush and PPR formats I know it's a tough matchup against the Rams defense there they've they've got a very talented defensive line and just overall front seven but I think 
just based on touches and based on what his price is supposed to be. I think you might be able to get some fantasy utility out of Bush. Now, again, that's going to be all dependent on Hyde's practice. And, but if Hyde mm-hmm. does play, I, I know he dominated the carries last week, but it, I just can't imagine him being anywhere near effective as you know week one or anywhere since then yeah. when he was able to really kind of run through opposing defenses. Our Jeff Erickson has Hyde as the 26th ranked running back this week behind guys like Blonde. Alfred Blue and, and Rashad Jennings, and I got to agree with him. And, and those are subject to change, too, because he updates them throughout the week. Uh, if he continues to, to miss practice time or is limited in practice, uh, we could see him uh, fall even further down this list. And, you know, f- the, with wide receivers, I mean, I mentioned Kaepernick's shaking right now. None of these receivers for San Francisco I could see starting really in any situation. I was talking uh, before the show a little bit about uh, Torrey Smith. Just so boomer bust, I can't trust him on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, of course, he saw a lot of Richard Sherman last week, Mm -hmm. and that didn't help his case at all. He had zero catches on one target. So that's going to, I mean, he's going to get, his usage is going to be very low. So, you know, maybe there's a tournament flyer there, but against this Rams defense, I'm not doing it. He's someone that is getting dangerously close to drop consideration for me in some of the leagues where I own him. I just have gotten so frustrated so far and uh, about ready to pull the trigger. I just based on the name and the type of player that he is and just his history of being such a deep ball threat, mm-hmm. I've hung on to him this long. If he had any other name or he was one of my sleepers, he'd have probably been gone by now. He's the guy that you know, you'd want kind of in best ball formats you know, where you can take advantage of his big weeks, but otherwise, uh, I just can't trust him. Did you try to trade for Todd Gurley anywhere this week? Or I did you just not even bother? I have him in two places, but I I just knew that anything mm-hmm. I would have to give up for Gurley, I mean, almost anything's worth it just because of uh, mm-hmm. just our outlook on him rest of season. But it's really tough to buy high on a guy like that because you're you're trading multiple first-round caliber picks for that, probably your first several picks. And I offered up Julio for him straight up, and that got shot down. So okay. that's just kind of a yeah, problem. Okay. I'm sure so, a lot yeah. of our listeners, too, mm-hmm. uh, tested the waters at least. Yeah, but you almost just... need Julio with an RB2 kicker to get yeah, someone exactly. to seriously uh, you know, consider an offer like that. Now's not the time to try to buy, and I might get that. But I just, I mean, the guy looks like he's moving at a different speed than everybody else in the field. Pretty incredible to watch, and uh, future is Offensive about as bright as anybody. Uh, yeah, and well deserved. I'd say he's probably the top rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, oh for sure. Well, we'll move on here. Giants at Saints. Saints three point favorites at home in this one. Over under forty nine. Now, Orleans Darkwa got. I think it was the the touchdown last week. Am I correct on that? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely had. I think uh, he had more the points most than anybody. As well. Yeah, I think ten, he almost had to carries. double digits. Yeah. And there have been reports that he could possibly head this committee this week even, and I think that's kind of interesting. But are you willing to take him, take a chance and throw him in a starting lineup this week and, and season-long? Daily, I think, sure, because the price is going to be so low. But season-long, is he an option for you? Season-long, I've still backed off. I mean, I'm a Rashad mm-hmm. Jennings owner and even a Shane Vereen owner in a PPR format, and this worries me to the point where I might – consider you know just benching them all and avoiding it mm-hmm. and just wait for a little bit of clarity on the situation but of course that's very tough to do this week with uh like i said it's kind of the theme of the show all running backs on buys but i don't know i think they you know as long as rashad jennings can avoid another fumble i think they should kind of go back to him as the main guy at least early in the games Vereen 
kind of depends. His snap counts depending on the health of the receivers because, of course, he can go line up in the slot. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the score as well. If they're behind, then Vereen might get some looks. And that's actually a pretty decent option this week because they're going to New Orleans, a pretty high-powered offense still despite kind of having an up-and-down season. But the Saints are a different team at home. A lot of teams are like that, but Saints uh, even more so. So hey, w- with that being the case, I think, you know, if you're looking for a stretch this week, Vereen's probably only owned in about 40, 45% of Yahoo and ESPN formats. So once again, if you need a running back to get you seven, eight points this week, I'd say Vereen might be a, a safer bet for that. But it's uh, it's it's risky. You're, you do run the risk of having him get five or less touches and not making much of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, But I could think of a lot of wor- worse options out there. Yeah, definitely. And I think a, a guy who's interesting in this one, just because he's coming off a big game recently and if you're if you have a tight end on on bye he could be a nice plug-in option because I, I would imagine he's widely available ben watson expecting him to uh continue to keep it going at home and uh be a guy who, who serves really as one of drew Brees' favorite options in the passing game yeah i mean it, it all depends on uh you know how the rest of that uh the receiving core look i mean willie sneed disappeared after the first last couple weeks mm-hmm. there uh, marcus colston looks like he's going to be healthy there so that'll help brandon cooks is starting to come on a- as well so i think when they're at or near full strength which it looks like their offense is right now there might be less opportunities for ben watson i just it, it very much depends on how much he's going to get looked at because i mean 34 year old ben watson what you see is what you get kind of he's been around in the league for uh quite a while and you know ever since 2010 has scored two or more touchdowns every year but actually from 2010 to this year it's only been three or two touchdowns every single year so mm-hmm. i don't i don't think something's gonna all of a sudden change out of nowhere and he's gonna be uh you know a low-end tight end one or, or mm-hmm. even tight end two but I, I think on a week-to-week basis there might be a chance like if you're if you're doing a daily lineup and need a real cheap tight end option because you stacked elsewhere I, I could see that especially considering the matchup yeah I, I think this system is just really good for, for tight ends you know a lot of the cr- intermediate crossing patterns and i think watson big target somebody that i know breeze you know after uh watson's big game breeze really kind of well he praised him but also just kind of pointed out that uh just a really safe big target to throw downfield to so i think uh maybe he remains involved but a, a wide receiver for new orleans it's slim pickens and jeff erickson has willie sneed 35th among wide receivers and Brandon Cook's 39th, so small gap, but neither of these guys uh, he's expecting much out of. If you had to pick between one of the two New Orleans wideouts, which one would you expect to have the bigger day this week? Yeah, I mean, i got to go Cook still. I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for that big game from him, but I just think he's been limited by usage, but I'm making that call based on overall skill set and uh, just big play capability because Cooks can take a screen and run away with it at any point. Uh, you might have to pay up a little bit for Cooks, though, because Cooks is 5,400 on DraftKings, Snead is 4,500. But I, I don't know, Snead, the, the use of Snead has been so inconsistent, especially after the last couple weeks, that I'm not, especially in cash games, I'm not really jumping on, on a guy like that. Now, Cooks, I think might make for a decent tournament play just because sooner or later one of these weeks he'll he'll mm-hmm. go for you know eight catches 150 yeah. yards I think it, it's that that still can happen this year you know I think he makes for a decent buy low target just because I don't really think the price is going to get any lower than it is right now and mm-hmm. I mean he might have even been cut in some shallower leagues but test the waters because I think you could get him for you know your fourth running back or something like that yeah and I think mm-hmm. the Best days are uh, this season are ahead for Cooks. Yeah, especially 
this week when a lot of owners are in a tough spot. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on. Minnesota at uh, Chicago. Pick them in this one over under 42.5. Adrian Peterson missed practice again today. He's got several ailments, hip, finger, and ankle. Sounds like this is just for more so for maintenance, though. You don't expect uh, Peterson to, to sit or anything like that. And uh, But do you expect him to be typical Adrian Peterson uh, against the Chicago Bears team? Yeah, I mean, the the Bears have struggled to stop the run this year. And, I mean, this is Adrian Peterson that we've seen for years past. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up in the early week injury reports for the for the remainder of the season yeah. pretty much uh, just as kind of a veteran maintenance day. They, they don't really have a whole lot to gain by giving him a ton of reps in practice and practice and having all the extra wear and tear on his body that he's already gone through over the course of his career. So I wouldn't look too far into this. Uh, you know, I, I'd almost put the chances of him sitting at, like, 10 15 percent tops mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think unlike a guy like john brown who's uh you know not not nearly a, the veteran that that adrian peterson is brown's legitimately iffy well peterson uh i think it's kind of the consensus that the, he is going to suit up there's no real danger uh, in him missing this week's game but bears currently you know, middle of the pack in terms of points allowed per game to opposing running back, 16.2. And, and Peterson really hasn't been as explosive lately. You expecting him, though, to, to bounce back in this one, even though he's banged up? Yeah, I would say so. And I think the rest is only going to help mm-hmm. his case. And I could see a, a very heavy dose of Adrian Peterson this week. I'd say, I mean, 25 carries is definitely not mm-hmm. an unreasonable expectation. Yeah, I just think that even though he's missing practice time, I think come Sunday, that workload's not going to be scaled back really whatsoever. Teddy Bridgewater, I also think, makes for a pretty nice option in this one if you have a quarterback on by. And that's really because Stephon Diggs has really kind of emerged as a legitimate threat in the passing game. You buying into him? Is he a wide receiver, too, at this point? Yeah, I was going to say that I like I like Stephon Diggs a lot, and you can find him at it's still a pretty good price on DraftKings. So it mm-hmm. is a little bit risky because the ownership percentage, I'd imagine, will be high. Um, I just looked it up here, 4,800 on DraftKings this week. So uh, there's a lot to, I mean, there's a lot of... <laughs> receivers right ahead of him oh yeah yeah yeah, and a lot of profit potential there so you can use that to you know stack your lineup with guys like julio jones and deandre hopkins if you end up using him as your third wide receiver or flex there so uh, a very good play for that reason uh and and the consistency lately i mean uh uh, over 100 yards in back-to-back weeks i mean his last three games 86 it's just gone up progressively Mm -hmm. six catches for 87 seven for 129 six for 108 in the score and he's got 28 targets over those three games so that's the part i like the most got to follow the targets and i think Diggs and bridgewater are actually building some of that chemistry now i've actually got a i've got a pick here if i'm going to go uh bridgewater uh against the against the um i'm sorry uh let's see bridgewater there against chicago against chicago yeah <laughs> blanked on me for a second there bridgewater against chicago or Derek carr against the jets and Carr's got a tough matchup because I've got mm-hmm. Sam Bradford on by. I've got three QBs in that league, and Bridgewater is a, a $1 buy that I was hoping would turn into something uh, for keeper potential there. Mm-hmm. But uh, He's been better yeah. for fantasy lately. Mm-hmm. I think I'd go Bridgewater mm-hmm. just because that matchup, uh, I really think, you know, as much as I love Amari Cooper, he's going to have his hands full with, with Terrell Revis there. Yeah, I agree with you there. And 
for that reason, Bridgewater's in my lineup right now, and I'm guessing as long as I don't uh, get inside my own head and tinker too much on Sunday morning, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to stay with. And you mentioned Diggs, the, the target numbers for him, also making spectacular plays. I mean, that, that touchdown last week was uh, something else. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 8, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Moving on, San Diego at Baltimore. This is uh, an interesting game because these teams both really disappointing so far this season. Baltimore, three-point favorites at home, though, over under 50. Uh, The San Diego running game, I mean, Danny Woodhead has had some good fantasy days with a lot of that though coming in garbage time they're passing it a ton you expecting them uh the the chargers to air it out you know 50 or so times again in this yeah i mean the first uh the first fantasy lineup that i put together daily already i tend to not do do them until sunday morning mostly when i try to find you know maybe some open contests that are that are favorable or just to play off the inactives and, and that type of report but i made one already and it did feature a rivers uh danny woodhead and keenan allen stack there and nice. I, I like this even though they're on the road uh the the ravens i don't know they've had their 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 fair share of struggles on defense at times uh you know carson palmer had a pretty decent day against them and i can see the ravens being the home team possibly getting ahead with uh, joe flacco and company looking for a bounce back and then the chargers kind of having to fight back and air it out uh, over and over again for the for the rest of the day so uh you know gotta like rivers and you know woodhead's getting those targets you know yeah i hate to say it as a melvin gordon fan but the fumbling's been almost too much for him to be able to really get consistent looks there so not mm. didn't have i mean he was banged up a little bit last week didn't have a, a ton of touches and just for that reason i think you can get some profit out of woodhead uh, where he's priced at at this time Oh, I agree with you. Uh, definitely notable here. Antonio Gates missing practice again Thursday. Uh, that according to Michael Gelkin of the San Diego Union-Tribune. There were concerns when he first had this injury that it could be a multi-week type of situation. So you plug in Ladarius Green in as a guy who should see a lot of looks and, and probably be a borderline top five tight end when it's all said and done this week yeah i can see it he uh paid off for fantasy owners last week with a pretty nice week of course padded by a couple two-point conversions there but just a just a big body that uh, a lot of people have been hyping up for a little while and mm-hmm. we're finally starting to see it and i think his status is quite dependent on gates because if gates is in there that's going to be river's favorite look almost uh not quite as much as keenan allen the target machine here but uh uh, almost there yeah. so uh very much depended on Gre- or on gates but the i believe it was an mcl or a knee injury or something yeah, like that MCL. For, for gates there so uh that is a little bit worrisome there so uh, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that and possibly look to insert green as a tight end spot i mean yeah. uh, pretty much all the big tight ends are are active and playing this week so but i don't i mean i i do have i have optimism about that and yeah yeah i mean i have a tough call in one league where i'm starting where I got to pick between Julius Thomas and and Ladarius Green, but I think it's got to be Ladarius Green until Gates gets back. Uh, I just you know Thomas kind of had a dud last week, and they won't let me flex two tight ends in that league. So it, it's going to be a tough decision the rest of the way out from week to week basis. Yeah, especially yeah 
Of course, as long as Gates is out, it's going to be especially tough. But even when Gates is back, Green had carved out a role for himself, you know. Mm-hmm. They're running a lot of two tight end sets as well. And Green's a, a very legitimate option in that passing attack. I have a tough option or a tough decision this week. Green or Eric Ebron, who I thought looked really good coming off that knee injury last week. But I, I think I'm going to go go green just because I the volume is there. You know, you're, mm-hmm. Keaton Allen's probably healthier this week, and he should see a ton of targets. But there's just so many targets to go around there because they're they're chucking it so much. Yeah, and Ebron only targeted five times, I believe, last mm-hmm. week. But he did call all five of them, so he's shown very impressive efficiency. Very good and, to point and, that out. Yeah, very impressive efficiency there. They both have a lot of uh, highly skilled offensive players to compete with, so it's a real tough call. For me, if I were in that position, it would really depend on, uh, you know, watching Gates there. So, uh, fortunately, the Chargers a lot of times uh, are playing West Coast games, so it's later in the afternoon. They'll be at Baltimore this week, so you'll be able to make that decision with the rest of your lineups when they're locking. You fully back on the Justin Forsett train? I mean, he's looked great. Is he locked in? RB1 for you again? Yeah, I, I'm pretty optimistic about him this week. Chargers is giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Justin Forsett checks in at number nine on the value meter this week. Uh, and there's there's a lot of really good running back matchups this week if you did manage to avoid all that mess of buys. But yeah, I know Forsett didn't, what did he only have, like 36 yards last week, but he did find the end zone to make the day up for fantasy owners. I'm expecting about 100 and touchdown from Forsett. Very nice. Yeah, I like... Like uh, what he's shown, I was a little skeptical early in the year just because, you know, the, the the production wasn't there. But I don't think that was all on him. I think it was kind of a product of, well, not only poor blocking, but uh, them not really being able to do much through the air. I just think he was seeing eight in the box so often that uh, it was just very tough to get it going on the ground. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. This one's uh, a pick em here over under 48 and a half. Looks like Big Ben is going to be back this week, which for me is huge more so than anything. Obviously, if you're a big Ben owner, you're excited to have Ben back, but Antonio Brown's value skyrockets back up. He had struggled for the most part with Ben out, had a pretty good game last week with Landon Jones under center, but I think now we can kind of lock him back in on a week-to-week top three uh, wide receiver option. Yeah, I'll back you up right there. I think uh, Antonio Brown, you're going to have a hard time pulling this off in a league full of savvy individuals, but he is the perfect buy low candidate right now. If you can get someone, okay, I mean, last week, you know, he had a, he had a pretty solid game, but the weeks before, if you can get someone who is, you know, maybe not the most football sta- savvy and just looking at box scores week more to casual. week. Yeah, more casual. Yeah, more casual fan. If you can pull that off and uh, tr- make even... A, a reasonably enticing offer there for Antonio Brown. I'd go ahead and do it, especially in those PPR leagues, because his season's about to take off. Yeah. So, so where would you kind of draw the line if, if you're looking at that? Do you maybe offer up a guy like who? I don't know. Uh, would you trade Lamar Miller for him? Because I oh, probably boy. would, but yeah. that, it's hard to do with Miller looking so good in, 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 in a full PPR league. I would in in a standard format. Probably not. I think it, it depends on format to me. But uh, you know, if you can get, if you can find someone fed up with uh, with Brown and and just make offers for guys like Chris Johnson, maybe even Doug Martin or John Stewart coming off a big game, those are all yeah. options, especially for for an owner that is in need of a running back uh, badly. So. I agree with you completely. Uh, for Cincinnati, you know, it's a situation where again losing running backs or having them on by. Throwing Jeremy Hill out there, of course, mm-hmm. more so out of necessity. But I also think, you know, while he's not seeing the lion's share of the touches anymore, 
him having the, that short yardage and goal line work makes him a pretty decent bet from week to week, even though, uh, do you think he's going to be touchdown dependent essentially for, for most of the rest of the season? He could be. I mean, remember last year it took him quite a while to come on, and he really came on in the middle of the season, second half. So maybe he could just develop a reputation as a slow starter there. But Gio Bernard, I think, I, you know, I don't like to blame it in Jeremy Hill entirely for those struggles because Gio Bernard has played pretty yeah, well that's lately. True. So, uh, you know, but for people that are asking me, should I drop Jeremy Hill? I'm so sick of this. Should I drop him now? No, no, you shouldn't no, drop you him can't right drop. now. Yeah, you can't drop him any point really mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the season unless he gets hurt or something like that. So I still think he's, you know, a decent matchup this week and enough of a touchdown probability mm-hmm. to make him worth at least an RB2 there. Yeah, and it's, you know, there, there aren't really many running back situations in the league anymore that aren't some sort of committee. And so, you know, you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you totally write off Hill because he's, you know, in a timeshare. I think uh, that's really kind of the way the game is headed with, with uh, running back situations. Tennessee at Houston. Houston four-point favorites at home here. No over-under uh, listed that we saw, but I mentioned a little bit earlier that Starting Antonio Andrews out of necessity this week. What do you think about the Houston running back situation with Foster out? You liking Alfred Blue this week? He was a little disappointing when giving an op- given an opportunity in the primary role earlier this year, but expecting uh, him to be fairly consistent the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, Blue uh, certainly had his opportunity, and, and you mentioned you hit it right on the head there, Clay. Inconsistent to start with. The first two weeks, back-to-back, everyone kind of had him in their daily lineups and was ready to go. Uh, you know, didn't even collect... 50 yards over the first two weeks, including a particularly impressive uh, five carries for six yards effort against Carolina in week two. So, uh, you know, and then that soured a lot of people. Then all of a sudden, week three against the Buccaneers, he went off 31 carries for 139 yards and a score. And, you know, and then after that, Arian Foster came back to replace him. So I think from week to week, you have to look at matchups. There's going to be certain running backs that have better matchups. So, for example, this week, yeah, Tennessee, that's a pretty good matchup for Alfred Blue, but then he has a bye week nine, and then he's got to go at Cincinnati, at home against the Jets, and, and before it gets a little bit better with a home matchup against the Saints there. So it's a rough upcoming schedule for Alfred Blue, but I like him this week. I think his price is fair in, in most formats there. And, uh, yeah, just 3500 on DraftKings, so he's going to be dirt cheap. I think he's an excellent millionaire maker play if you're yeah. going to go for that this week. You know, Foster was such a big part of the passing game, and I'm kind of thinking maybe they look to get Chris Polk a little bit more involved. I know he didn't do much in those early weeks when Foster was out, but I think uh, in the PPR, maybe on DraftKings, which is a PPR format, maybe maybe a sneaky play. He burned me in one tournament earlier this year, but I think, uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw upwards of five targets in the passing game this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't know if that's enough looks to warrant even a flex mm-hmm. spot in the DraftKings lineup. Of course, uh, in a tournament, you know, you put Polk in there, that's going to set yourself apart. He's just $3,000. That opens you up to a lot more things there. And even, you know, I'm looking at Polk more season-long just in case Alfred Blue doesn't pan mm-hmm. out. Now, you know, if you ask me right now, you ask me Tuesday on the show, I, you got to say Blue's the man the rest of season here, but... I think if you're in a 14 or a 16 team or especially a PPR, you got to go after him and take a flyer just because you never know. He could mm-hmm. be one of those late season acquisitions that really uh, gives you that push that you need heading into mm-hmm. the playoffs there. But uh, for now, until we see differently, I'm going to say that Alfred Blue's the man there. And I mentioned that no over-under. Perhaps they're waiting on the decision on Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. He uh, did practice 
today, and Coach Ken Wisenhun said that he, quote, did better at practice today. You expecting him back? And, well, if not, do you think uh, if Zach, Met- Zach Mettenberg is under center that this Houston Texans D, which has struggled, could make for a sneaky uh, play as a defensive? I mean, uh, I have a tough time uh, go- going to the D mm-hmm. of, uh, in Houston. E- even with the weapons they have up front, just recent memory has, has not been good enough for me to consider really streaming them uh, this week. And, yeah, I mean, Texans minus four in this game. I had to dig really deep to find that line. Couldn't find anyone offering an over-under. And, of course, that is likely because they're waiting on a Mariota decision. And I'm not particularly confident. I don't think Wisenhunt was purposely vague and didn't really say anything definitive there. So, uh, you know, I'm staying away from both those quarterbacks and probably staying away from receiving options in the Tennessee passing game. I mean, I guess just overall, there's not there's not a whole lot to like not about much. Tennessee, especially on the road this week and with a little bit of uncertainty at quarterback. And I'm expecting Hopkins to have a, a nice bounce back game, but Nate Washington had a pretty pretty productive day last week. You expect him to remain pretty heavily involved with teams doubling up Hopkins pretty much every passing down. Yeah, I mean teams pretty much can't afford to not double mm-hmm. Hopkins, so I could see um, I could see Washington in the in the I don't know maybe four to seven targets range. I know that's a little bit wide there, but uh, maybe a wide receiver three. If you're in a tough bye week situation or have a tough injury situation, if you're maybe waiting on a guy like Des Bryant or Sammy Watkins to kind of come back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he could kind of be a good fill in there. But overall, I mean, I, I think Hopkins is the man this week. Uh, after last week, he got shut down. Some people will see, oh, take that, and they'll think, oh, you maybe they figured him out. But I take that as, you know, people are going to suffer from the recency bias too much mm-hmm. and uh, want to fade him. And this will be the chance where you can really profit because his ownership will be low. Yeah, exactly. He, again, you mentioned earlier, you want to just chase targets and not be chasing production. And I think, obviously, Hopkins is on pace to uh, still shatter the, the on-record targets uh, record. So I think, you know, he makes for a no-brainer play in season long. And even in daily, I'm, I'm paying up uh, for Hopkins this week. We'll move on. Jets at Raiders over under 44 and a half. Just one of two afternoon games uh, this week. This, these are, this is a battle of two teams that are really pretty surprising as far as I'm concerned in terms of their quality of play. I, I'm still expecting the the Jets to come out on top here because I think they are a better team, and I still think Oakland has a tough time against you know the, the better teams in the league, so I'm expecting them uh, to have some trouble, especially in the passing attack. But mm-hmm. on the ground, do you think Latavius Murray is able to do anything against this Jets front? Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, just fantasy points against, the Jets are allowing the least fantasy points overall in the entire league uh, to running back, and it's, and it's by quite a bit of a margin it's 1.6 point margin between them and the Seahawks Jets giving up less than nine fantasy points per game in standard formats of course two running backs so I mean Latavius or Latavius Murray's a RB1 in a lot of formats but I mean you might want to look at other options but at the same time you you almost okay so we have him on our weekly running back rankings at 16 overall hmm. and he's behind guys like Danny Woodhead, Jeremy Hill, uh a Chris Ivory of course if Chris Ivory is healthy and playing at a full capacity there but uh I mean if you're in an 18 league I don't think that Latavius Murray is a must play this week hmm. you might want to look at some of those uh some bigger upside options I'm with you and especially because you know he had a decent game last week but before that 
before their bye, we, we can't forget that he got, actually got benched for a couple games there uh, late in the game. But I just think, you know, he's somebody that, especially in this matchup, I'm, I'm definitely worried about. Yeah, I think Jeff's right to have him in that RB2 range, but he's a guy that I really just do not feel good about. I didn't own him anywhere, and mm-hmm. so I don't, yeah, I you know, I'm not going to pay up in, in daily this week. Uh, but maybe as a tournament play. I mean, because I don't think the ownership's going to be yeah, high at I all. think people will fade him, but at the same time, Warren. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of that recency after mm-hmm. the uh, after the week he had last week. So I think his price will be up a little bit, which might that that makes it too tough for me to own him. I'm just going to stay away in daily, and and hopefully that doesn't come back to haunt me. Seahawks at Cowboys over under 41 here. It looks like Joseph Randall was facing that fine or suspension uh, for personal conduct vi- uh, policy violation from, uh, stemming from February. And Darren McFadden seems like the guy now. But in this matchup, is he somebody like like Latavius Murray that you're uh, trying to avoid if possible? Yeah, it's a really tough uh, afternoon slate when it comes to running backs here because the Seahawks giving up the second least points mm-hmm. per game to opposing running backs. So that makes it a little bit tough. But I still think you can you can throw McFadden in as uh, an RB2 if you have to, maybe a flex play. Uh, you have to temper your expectations with the matchup here that's going on. But he's going to be the guy. We still don't know about Joseph Randall. It could be anywhere from a fine to two weeks, somewhere or somewhere in the middle there. I guess we'll see what Goodell and the uh, he'll go ahead and spin that NFL random punishment generator wheel, and then it'll land on something, and then they'll they'll stick Randall with that, and then who knows what what will happen with uh, with an appeal there. But uh, but no, I mean Christine Michael definitely not as involved as as many thought he would be last week. Mm-hmm. They rolled the hot hand with McFadden, and I think they continue to ride that hot hand this week. Looks like the Cowboys will get Des Bryant back. I'm nothing official, but he was able to practice Wednesday, limited participant officially. Uh, and this team desperately needs him back. I mean, mm-hmm. they have not won. I, I don't believe it. Yeah, they, they're 0-4, 0-5 since Romo hit the shelf. Forget exactly what that is, but yeah. watch uh, out tough play. sledding. Well, watch out. I, I'm 3-4 and four in a league that we play in together, and I'm getting Des Bryant back, and uh, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty nasty. That That's a league where I happen to own Forsett, Ingram, and Todd Gurley. So I've got pretty high playoff aspirations in that Very one. Very nice. I'm in, well, we're in a 16-teamer together, and it looks like I'm getting Des Bryant back this week but lost Foster, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's been a frustrating year overall in that league. But you, you expecting Des to hit the ground running and, and be the guy we all have come to know in his first game back from from a pretty serious injury yeah i mean you think does got to be a must play every week no matter what but you know i'm i'm a little bit hesitant but i'm still going to throw him out there i mean i've got des and sammy Watkins in that league of course Watkins on a bye this week so you know i i've got to make decisions like okay do i go des or rashad matthews des or Mm -hmm. travis benjamin and i just i got to throw des in and hope for the best because you got to score quite a bit of points in a league that's shallow like that 10 teamer to uh to expect to win there so uh again a little bit risky but the payoff potential is big you know, a tournament play that I kind of like in this one, and I admittedly whiffed on Tavon Austin last week, but Tyler Lockett, I've been expecting them to get him more involved in the passing game. Had that long TD last week. I just hope, you know, and expect from here on out the target numbers to rise steadily. And again, I think the ownership will be pretty low, so I think he makes for kind of a sneaky tournament play. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I would. I mean, the definition of a tournament play, uh, high risk, high reward, you're not mm-hmm. going to see too much uh, value there in cash games just because maybe the floor is not as high as you'd like it to be for your receiver. But one of these weeks, he might hit two of those long touchdowns, yeah. and even if he only ends up with three catches, he could he could see 130, 140 yards and two scores, exactly. which is a huge 
game, especially you know in the standard formats there. So uh, I like him as a tournament play, and 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 I could see that, especially with uh, with what I believe to be a pretty cheap price. I haven't uh, looked at it lately, but yeah, Tyler Lockett, three thousand on DraftKings. So if you put Tyler Lockett in your lineup and he ends up going off, like that puts you in a very good position Great in a spot. tournament like the Millionaire Maker. Absolutely. Now Sunday night we got huge showdown between the Packers and the Broncos. Packers, at least the line we looked at, favored in this road matchup, which I think is a little surprising just given how good the Denver D is. But you expecting the Broncos to have a really tough time against this Packers defense, which has been among the best in the league to this point. Yeah, I mean, the Packers defense, uh, someone... Is a defense that over the years is under Don, Don Capers has been as described as opportunistic, giving up a lot of yards, but kind of that bend don't break. Pretty much every defensive cliche for 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 a subpar defense, but this year's different. They're actually healthy this year for the most part. Clay Matthews has been a force. They've got a lot of question marks on that defense this week, uh, but I think as practice reports come out, things will start to get a little bit clearer. You know, BJ Raji, he's dealing with a uh, with a groin injury. He was able to practice on a limited basis, but the real the real deal here i think is going to be morgan burnett he's going to be a major difference maker when mm-hmm. he does come back he's missed the last few weeks uh we don't really know about him yet but he did he was another one who practiced on a limited basis he's been dealing with a calf injury he hasn't played since week two against the seahawks so once they start to get those guys back i think uh even though the packers are undefeated i think there's uh i mean the sky's the limit for this team heading into the playoffs you just got to hope they don't peak too early there and and with how with the amount of juice i've seen peyton manning get on these throws this year i think uh there's going to be a few routes jumped and and actually the packer defense could be a reasonable play at least uh their ownership won't be too high because they're going against what you think to be a high powered offense even if that's not actually the case this year another return for green bay that i'm excited about as a packers fan and as an owner of this player Devonte adams looks like he'll be back following the bye he was limited in practice wednesday and of course, Ty Montgomery's banged up too, so I'm expecting Adams step in and see, you know, play high number of snaps right off the bat. But see somebody you're you're gonna think about in fantasy this week, or do you need a, a wait and see week before you use him? I'm taking a wait and see with Devonte Adams. I'm really optimistic rest of season, but I just, I mean, they've given him the bye to to really get healthy, and mm-hmm. I think that's that was the right move on the Packers uh, on the Packers part, essentially just. Uh, you know, to let him rest a few weeks in a row. They kind of try to bring him back too early and he would he would get hurt early in the series. But I'm still very yeah, very optimistic about Devonta Adams. Rogers just needs another deep threat outside because he's so good yeah. at getting those free plays and airing the ball out. But uh, you know, he's been going to guys Jeff Janis, James Jones, maybe a little bit more on the back shoulder. Neither of I mean maybe Janis uh, I guess sometimes, but Jones isn't really what you think of as a traditional deep ball mm-hmm. guy. Devonta Adams can do that. He did it with Derek Carr plenty of times at Fresno State, and I think uh, him and Rodgers will have a good connection by the time the fantasy playoffs roll around. Yeah, and the, the Green Bay backfield is a situation that is being monitored closely uh, around the fantasy landscape. And Eddie Lacy, you know, he's, there's been some concerns about the weight, his health as well. Starks looked great last week, but now he's banged up. Apparently emerged from that San Diego game with a hip injury. He was able to return to a limited practice Thursday, but is this a situation that you're just avoiding altogether? I'm starting Lacey yeah. this week and whenever I can. I think uh, Lacey seems to be at this point, you wouldn't think so, but the healthier one coming out of the uh, out of the bye week. Um, Lacey's, you, you know, you mentioned weight issues. Uh, that's been thrown around ever since his rookie year, and that mm-hmm. hasn't really stopped him before. He's just a big bruising back, and I think that's what they're going to need if they want to play physical against this Denver defense. I am starting Lacey more or less because I have to, but I, I'd have a tough time 
in just about any format, giving him the bench unless, you know, I'm sitting there with, I don't know, with, with Todd Gurley and Devontae Freeman in one league, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe you can consider benching someone like Lacey. But it's unlikely that I resort to actually benching him anywhere. Yeah, and, you know, I did pick up Starks a few places after that big game a couple of weeks ago. But I think in this matchup, especially uh, and with him coming off that injury, I'm trying to sit him down. Uh, playing a guy like Danny Amendola over him in a flex in one league, mm-hmm. I just don't know if, uh, even if he sees the majority of the touches again in this one, I just don't feel great about him having a big game, even exceeding like 60 yards. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely say I'm in agreement with you there. Now, on the other side, for, for Denver, their running back situation, you, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but he's still favoring Hillman? Hillman seems Anderson. to have the edge right now. Mm-hmm. Who knows what uh, you know what the next couple of weeks will say? But I've seen C.J. Anderson dropped in any league that I'm doing that's ten teams or less already, mm-hmm. and I can understand owners' frustrations there. You know, I've just got I've gotten burned by rage drops in the past. So fortunately, I didn't take him <laughs> anywhere. So I don't know if I would uh, if I would quite, quite jump the gun there, especially if you're in a deeper format. But I am starting Ronnie Hillman this week as an RB two with uh, with a decent amount of confidence. Packers have been pretty good against the run this year, but uh, I mean. I, I think Hillman's proven at least through the first seven weeks that he deserves that job, and he'll be the guy they turn to. Yeah, rage drops feel feel great, but they can burn you if you jump the gun too early uh, and drop a guy prematurely. But we'll move on. Monday's game, interesting matchup here between the Colts and the Panthers. Uh, really kind of two teams that have gone in the opposite direction than, than where I was expecting them to go at the start of the season. Panthers, seven and a half point favorites at home here, over under 46 and a half. And the big part of the Colts' struggles has been tied to Andrew Luck's struggles, turning the ball over a lot, but uh, and, and now faces a really tough matchup here, but at the same time, you, you have to start him, right? Yeah, season long, there's yeah, no chance you, you can bench him. Yeah, if you're an Andrew Luck guy, owner, you still have to keep it going. There's uh, there's not much you can do about mm-hmm. that. You just kind of have to wait it out and and hope for the best there. So Luck and T.Y. Hilton, Luck and even Moncrief, you yeah, can like warrant starting. Uh, again, a, a tough matchup. The Panthers have got a spectacular defense. What I really like from this matchup, though, is on the other side. Uh, Jonathan Stewart had a pretty big game last week, and I think he is down to repeat. The Colts have struggled against those types of backs that tend to keep themselves between the tackle and you know maybe for a format like DraftKings he's not going to get a ton of passes you know DraftKings is PPR so you got to watch that but just 4,100 on DraftKings for Jonathan Stewart and yeah I don't know the Colts actually in the top 10 in points allowed to fantasy running backs but if they keep on the same train Luck turns the ball over early on the Panthers build the lead they're going to go to Stewart early on a early in offense, and we've seen Colts get torched by guys like Garrett Blunt in the past, and I think that uh, John Stewart, maybe not quite as punishing, but uh, a standard between the tackle runner that should see at least 20 touches. I really like his upside this week against the Colts. Yeah, I really like Cam Newton, too, and Daly. I think it's a no-brainer that you're starting him in season long, but I think something about this guy on, on in prime time, especially on Monday night, I mean, he's going to step up. I just feel... I'd be shocked if he doesn't rush for at least one TD in this one. Yeah, Personally, I mean, but. yeah, under the lights for, for mm-hmm. a guy like Cam, he always comes up under pressure. I wasn't super high on Cam coming into the season, but I ended up oh. getting him in two places just because he fell so far, and it's been working out pretty well mm-hmm. for me. Uh, you know, I'm kind of floating around 500 in a lot of leagues right now, and, I, and I'm counting on Cam Newton to really kind of push me over the edge in some of those formats. Yeah, I wasn't high either, especially after losing Kelvin Benjamin. But at the same time, his early his first several years, he wasn't working with anything in the passing game either. Still putting up big fantasy numbers, and uh, he has Greg Olson at least. 
Uh, aside from him, I mean, nobody in this passing game, Ted Ginn maybe, but uh, nobody for, for daily that I feel good about yeah. using if you're trying to stack. Yeah, Ginn looking better just because of Cam Newton. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. Ginn's resurged and become a viable fantasy option in the deeper formats. Greg Olson, I'm still confident in him being a top five tight end rest of season. I could, I'd almost put him at uh, two or three overall. So I think there's just enough there for Cam Newton and the Panthers to get it done. And I can't wait to watch him on the big stage. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And that Green Bay-Denver matchup, of course, we're going to be watching it closely up here in Wisconsin. Uh, you've been worried about the Packers' chances in this one. I'm on the. I road? wasn't worried until I saw they were favored. That just that that <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden worries me. Uh, the fact that they're three point favorites on the road, even though both teams are undefeated. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Vegas and and their fancy. Uh, algorithms are going to be able to get this one right and the Packers will pull through but uh, I think it might be the best Sunday Monday combo night uh, as far as primetime games that we've seen all year Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah with the season about to reach a halfway point here couldn't ask for anything better yeah I'm a little bit worried too because the the Packers offense just hasn't been clicking lately I mean they they got something going on the ground with Starks last week but uh, you mentioned the vertical passing game just not doesn't look great, I and mean, they, they eked that one out against San Diego. But uh, I think they were lucky to do so because mm-hmm. the offense just was not yeah. where it needs to be. And Demarcus Ware limited to practice Wednesday. Uh, that'd be big for Denver if they get him back. But that'll do it for us. Thank you guys for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. Once again, for Jake Latarski, I'm Clay Link. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Friday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.